It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, to get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Hello. Welcome to the Blood and Mud podcast. The podcast that... (laughs) (laughs) You just have some weird robotic nature to you. The podcast that looks no, the podcast that looks at the back of the freezer at the weekend's rugby and finds some frozen peas and unidentifiable curry sauce from 2014 and discarded opinions covered in ice burn. I am Lee Calvert, and joining me over there, as usual, is is Josh Gardner, as per. Yes, uh, if you wish to get in touch with us on this podcast, uh, you can mm. get in touch with me at. <laughs> That's me doing the Haskell thing. Oh, way. yes. Yes, that thing. Yeah, what happened there? Yeah, I don't know. Cammy Black did get in touch from the Scottish Rugby Pod and said the explanation for Haskell's slurred speech is that he was listening to what he was saying on delay in his own headphones, <laughs> which means that even James Haskell can't stand the sound of his own voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it just seemed like he'd had a traumatic brain injury. <laughs> he did. He was excuse me, I'm having an aneurysm. <laughs> yeah. was going on? Like, James, can you smell toast? Yeah, fast, fast. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, if you want to get in touch with the party, I'm at Blood and Mud, and there's Lee Mm. at bloodandmud.com and all Mm. that. And what about you, Josh? Uh, At Josh Gardner, at RugbyShirtWatch, RugbyShirtWatch.com. You fucking know this shit by now, surely. Surely. We're on Acast, we're on Patreon, we're on wherever. Just put Blood and Mud podcast into Google, you'll find all sorts. We're on fire, is what we are. We are. Well, what, you'll be the judge of that. Yeah. What have you been up to this weekend, Josh? Anything good? Uh, I watched some rugby. Quite well, a bit well, of rugby. Yeah, I did that as well. That's good. If I'm brutally honest, uh, other than that, quite a quiet one. I'm off to Bruges next week, so uh, I had a, a bit of a, a relaxed... Uh... I was watching a gig in Birmingham. Yes. And I went to the jewellery quarter in Birmingham. Have you been there? Uh, I, I know of it. Well, I, I thought it was been... some kind of historical thing. 
You know, like they have like Jewish quarters in towns and things. I thought, yes. well, no, it's absolutely ram jam super packed with jewelers. Yeah, about five streets of jewelers. It's madness. Get anything nice? Oh, I didn't buy anything. I went to a gig. <laughs> but, uh, it was a nice bit of Birmingham. I also went to see A Star Is Born last night. Oh yeah, the uh, very, Lady very, very, very good. I would highly recommend it, it. I've heard it is excellent. Um, Magnificent uh, Central Performances. She's brilliant in it. She's. I went for a while, you see, thinking that she just. I couldn't work out the hype because I thought she used to wear silly costumes, right? Euro pop and be a sort of child's <laughs> drawing of Madonna. I mean, she did definitely do all of those things. But and I was never quite convinced she was this great artist. But actually, I, I've revised my view, and I think she is quite a superstar, really. Yeah, she's pretty bloody good, isn't she? She has cracking voice. Well worth the trip out. However, I'm quite a crier. <laughs> it's what I have afflicted with. I cry at lots of things. I'll be honest. So the last fifteen minutes, no spoilers, but the last fifteen minutes, you know, brace yourselves if you're quite you a crier like me. Oh dear. We will start as we always begin with a play spotted. Dave Price has been in touch on the direct messages mm -hmm. at Blood and Mud. And he says... Sliding right into them. He is, yeah. He said, I have a player spotted for you. Good, because that's precisely what we want, Dave. He says, I bumped into Christian Dacey, All right. retailed hooker for the Cardiff Blues and Wales yes. this afternoon. I don't know when quite... I can't remember when he sent me this, but an afternoon recently. Yeah. He was desperately trying not to lose his rag in front of his wife and kids while trying to pay for his car parking at the Mermaid Key car park in Cardiff Bay. I know it well. Main problem seemed to be that he had a new car and couldn't remember the registration number for the touchscreen automatic oh. recognition thing. You see, now that's a... As far as man... I'm sorry to be unreconstructed, but as far as man crimes go, <laughs> not being able to remember your number plate is pretty... I don't care if you play rugby for a living. Not being able to remember your number plate is a fairly emasculating scenario to find yourself in. But everybody has that moment where you've got a new car and it's the first time that you've really had to consider what your number plate is. I've had that where you, you know, you, you turn up at a hotel and you've had your car fucking ages, but nobody's ever asked you what the bloody number plate is before. And then the, the person behind I the desk the is like, plates. can you put your number plate in, please? And I go, I'm going to have to go to the car park like oh, a massive it's so fucking embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's really funny because most things with cars, I don't really, you know, when you go to a garage and you go such and such, and you go, do you think it's like, the, yeah. the the over over flitting bulkang or something, yes. and I go, I don't know. Just because yeah. I have a penis doesn't mean I know about yeah. cars. Why are you making <laughs> that assumption? So actually, I'm quite comfortable to say that. However, I'm not very comfortable to say I can't remember my number plate. I find number plates. I got a new car recently. Tend to imprint on me like a baby bird's mother. <laughs> I remember you, them instantly from the second I've got one. Are you a slightly numbers brain orientated person though? Yeah, I can remember like my first phone number when I was eight years old and like the house I used to live in and stuff. I mean, so can I, but that's because I, I now use that phone number for the majority of my <laughs> PIN numbers. And uh, yes, <laughs> right, none okay. of you will ever find it out, I hope. Um, However, yeah. that, but that's wonderful that the picture of Christian Dacey losing his rag. Just absolutely getting fuming in Mermaid, Mermaid Key as well, you know, it's... <laughs> Is he off to? Is it a seven, was... love? Is it a seven? Shut up! Shut up! And let me think. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, where's he going at Mermaid Key? Like, you know, he's going to the. He's I going, to down there for he's going to He might be going to TechniQuest, You know, is that still there? Yeah, I took my son there. there for his second birthday. I think. Is the Bosphorus Turkish restaurant a... still there? Uh, I don't know if that I is, went so... in there once and had a Turkish meal before the ban, and some bloke next to me smoked a massive pipe all the way through it. <laughs> 
Fair play to him. It was, yeah, it was. But not fair play to him because I wanted to take that pipe and ram it down his ear. <laughs> off there you go. Yeah, so I don't think TechniQuest, I haven't been to TechniQuest since I was about seven, which is about 1992 or 93. There's, uh, one, I in, assume, there's one in Rex as well, which is like a Power really? version. Yeah. So Rex, is it called RexniQuest? <laughs> no, they've slipped up there. No. TechniRex. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Dave. He says, signs off with Dave from Caldicott, South Wales. That's only just South I, Wales as well, isn't it? That's properly just in. I mean, he's, he's just it's a squeaking under the bar scenario there, isn't it? To it use is, a football yeah. analogy. That's a Chris Horseman, I live in my house here type Welsh thing, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I, Thank you very much. So if you have got a player spotted, if you've seen somebody out there, you know, losing the rag at a parking meter or something like that, mm. maybe you've seen, I don't know, I mean, Casey Laulala struggling to choose what bread he wants in Subway. You know, I, don't know, I would absolutely, like I would absolutely prefer all of our correspondence to be parking meter related. If I'm brutally honest, yeah, that, but, that, is, um, a, that is a niche. I mean, yeah. we'll do what we can. So there you go. Thank you very much, Dave, for sending us that in. Uh, before we sit down and consider everything that's happened in the weekend and what's going on in the world, we first must decide, of course, who to sit next to, sit next to down the clubhouse. Indeed. So, um, here we have a choice of two. Rugby, interesting character type people that we have to decide who we're going to sit next to for the duration of this podcast, Josh. I will start. <laughs> you couldn't make your mind up, though. No, I couldn't. No, could you see? Could you hear? Could you hear the yeah. cogs turning? Yeah. There's fireworks going off outside my window. It's completely yes. fucking up. My, I mean, we uh, are recording this on bonfire night, on bonfire which is a stupid night, time yeah. to record a fucking podcast, which I am actually point. affronted by because once again it's celebrating the persecution of Catholics through the ages. So I just annoy it because it upsets my cat. To be honest, so fuck oh, bonfire night. Yes, indeed. Anyway, your two choices to sit down next to down the club. Yes. Number Hit one, me. Peregrine Wankmangle. <laughs> Straight off the bat, I'm intrigued. I don't think you will be, but listen. Okay. Um, he's a city trader. So that's oh. already knocked some points oh. off, hasn't it? You know. Well, he was a city trader who right. was let go in the crash of 2008. Good. And had no choice but to take work in Subway in Skelmersdale, Lancashire. He now plays wing for Old Molestians RFC. <laughs> And he tells stories constantly about how big his bonuses used to be and how he spent it all on cocaine. Seems like an unbearable cunt, if I'm honest. (laughs) And he's called Peregrine. It's not good, is it? Yes, yeah. Okay, never mind him. Never mind mind him. Next up is Terry Eggs. Okay, yeah. Terry Eggs. He's a lock for Westmoreland Zonians seconds. Yeah. He's a lorry driver who once yeah. accidentally jackknifed his entire load of Easter eggs into a curry house. Oh, and it was dear. erroneously classified as a potential hate crime by the police. He had that hanging over him for a number oh, of weeks. Oh, of course. That's... See, that's not Turns fair. out it wasn't anything as nasty as that. He was just tweeting while he was driving. Ah, oh, see. So that's Terry I'm... Eggs. I mean, no, I don't appreciate people who tweet and drive. But, I mean, Peregrine seems like such a cock. But... <laughs> It's going to have to be the Eggman. What's the joke? He died doing what he loved, tweeting while driving. Yeah. <laughs> okay, your two. Yeah. Um, number one is uh, Stephen Richard Piss. Um, <laughs> now, he flies under the radar as the third team hooker for Slinky Bridges RFC, uh, and he has to because he's got at least four wrong hus- wronged husbands on his trail uh, given to Stephen's penchant for married women and his performative act of post-coital vandalism. Um, it's not all... <laughs> Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to elaborate any further. It's not all bad, though. Uh, he once raised £3,000 for a local cat shelter by uh, giving getting people to sponsor him for eating 7,000 green skittles in one sitting. Um, his skin has never fully returned to its original colour, but, I mean, still, that's nice, isn't it? 
It is nice, isn't it? Yeah. So what was so, his name? Something Stephen Rich, Stephen Richard Piss. Stephen Richard Piss. Okay. Yeah. I feel he might give me. He might. He might be a bit of a raconteur about all the women he well, slept with. That could get well, very tiresome. Indeed. I was thinking I could also live vicariously through him. Well, exactly. That. Yeah, that's where you know. got to balance up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then your second option is Carl Berg. Carl uh, Berg, as in Ice Carl, Berg. Carl Berg. Yeah. Right. Uh, now Carl's surname isn't really Berg. But uh, that's the name he's universally known as uh, at Willie Bones United RFC. And why? That's because Carl Berg is probably the best open side flanker in the world. <laughs> oh! I like it. Oh, there you go. I like it, but I don't really like open sides. <laughs> so, but I'll sit next to him. It's all right. I'll sit next well, to him because he's going to be better than the other. They're pissed. He's got to be better guy. Talking about how he's had 0.9. He reminded me too much of Tark and the Love Otter I used to play, actually play play with. <laughs> Yeah, you he, don't was want a, to he was a bit like that. You don't want to. Apart from he, he never that. ate a lot of green skittles, but he did. He did sleep with lots of different women. Um, I mean, who can say what happened after you? Well, that's true. He never, he never elaborated. Yeah. But I probably walked away before he got to the green skittle bit while he was telling me possibly, the other stuff. Very possibly. Yeah. So there you go. I'll sit down next to uh, Carl Berg. Indeed. Now then, shall we move on to just a little bit of news? Quick news. There's some news. Yeah. Which is. Uh, First bit of news, uh, Kieran Reid has basically said he's not signing a new contract extension with uh, New Zealand Rugby Union after the Standard. World Cup next year. Is he 32 year. now? Yes. Standard uh, he, age. <laughs> he's, 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 he's either going to look to experience something new or possibly retire, <laughs> which I mean, he's, he's, he's leaving his options very open. Um, unsurprisingly, Racing 92 are interested. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Um, and they're also interested in Ryan Crossy because, obviously. Um, but yeah, will it, be, will, yeah. it will be interesting to see where... I, I mean, Kieran Reid is a, a fantastic player. He's not the player that he once was. No, he's still... And like, well, like, it's, yeah. He's still a, a top-level fucking number eight, don't get me wrong. But he's not the sort of transformative, world-altering fucking number eight that he was maybe two or three years ago. I think he's... I think he probably realises he's on the fucking... He's on the downward curve of his career, and you know, good who luck doesn't to want go. you know the odd half a million or two? Exactly, go to France, go to Japan, make a fucking shitload of money, and then knock it on the head. Because he's not going to get much media work with those eyes, is he? No, exactly. Complaints, what the kids crying for reasons yeah. they can't articulate. The man on the telly's making me cry. I mean, he could get work as a, a Tony Blair impersonator, but a Tony Blair, a Tony Blair being impersonated by. Uh, what's his face? That Serial bloke killer? The no, oh, what the fuck is that guy's name? Rory Bremner. Rory He's Rory yeah, he Bremner. Does, yeah. Rory That's Bremner. Funny, Bremner it is, and that is a very specific lookalike, isn't but it? He doesn't, look very... like, he doesn't look like Blair. He looks like Rory Bremner, Rory Bremner doing, doing Blair. Blair. Which is an incredibly niche lookalike work. But if you've ever been on one of those lookalike websites, which I recommend anyone does, because it's a I haven't, thing. actually. Oh, my God. Go on one of those lookalike websites. What, for the agencies? The le- yes. And you will see... The sheer depths of niche that people will go to to claim lookalike work. It's uh it's, it's quite a thing. Well I look like in a specific period. <laughs> so like, like Tom Cruise in the collateral film period sort of thing. <laughs> yes, you know, Tom Cruise on his, his night off is basically most of these guys, I think. All right, okay. So any more well, we can cover this in news now, I suppose, in that Owen Farrell has not been cited. Uh, he has not for that tackle because um, it would have to be red cardable in the game and missed, and therefore they've decided not to do it. 
which I think is probably fair enough. It probably I wasn't think... red. Shall we do the tackle now? It um, probably wasn't well, red cardable, was it? But it wasn't red cardable, no. And um, the other bit of news before we delve into this England stuff is the World Rugby Men's 15s Player of the Year shortlist has been released. That's right. Bowden Barrett, yeah. obviously. Simon Hammersley. <laughs> Just missed that uh, again. Poor Bobby. Faf. Yeah. Faf's in there. Rico Ioane's in there, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Marks is in there. We'll, t- we'll come on to that later. And his uh, amazing gyroscopic <laughs> arm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Johnny Sexton is the uh, only Northern Hemisphere entrant, um, I think, in a year where I don't feel like any of the Southern Hemisphere teams have been at their best. I think if Johnny Sexton doesn't win it this year, then he never will, which probably means he never will. Yes. I think it is Sexton or Faf, probably. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Faf probably. does do stupid things. It shouldn't, it, shouldn't be Bo- it shouldn't be Bowden Barrett or Ioane, but it probably will be one of those two. Yes. Mm. I don't think so Ioane should get it because he regularly keeps doing that charging into fights and then shitting it and running off thing. Yeah, he should be banned uh, forever from getting awards if, for that. If, yeah, if you can't, just don't, don't, don't front up to these things if you've not got any intent of following through with them. Well, he runs up to fight. He did a brilliant one against South Africa. He ran up, realised, oh shit, and then instead decided to point at the scoreboard because they were winning at the time and like back away. He's like, oh, that is a classic, classic the worst shit kind, trick. The is. worst kind of prick. Yeah, anyway, so yes, that's that. So the tackle. Do you want to do this part of the game or do you want to do it now? Yeah, fuck it. We're going to talk well, about we might as well just talk about fucking just crack on. There's only really no There's offense two games to, to Ireland. No offense to Ireland. There's two games to talk about this weekend. Yes. Um, I'll tell you what I, I think. We're going to talk about this tackle, right? Yeah. That's straight off the bat. Penalty. Fucking penalty. You know. Him, Angus Gardner and his team shat the bed and took more leaps of logic to get the result that they wanted than the fun, fucking Manitowoc County Police Department. <laughs> little making a movie of the for you there. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I left... I, the thing is, you can sound when you're on Twitter tweeted about this, like you're outraged about it. I wasn't outraged about outraged. it. I was literally just like, I, I, I don't... I think that he's very lucky. And I don't understand. Yeah, I, I don't really of, understand how that's that what was they kind of my point. It's like that's one of the most obvious penalties you're ever likely to see. And some other, and some other, then other people start saying, "Yeah, but what about this on George Cruz in the game?" So, well, yeah, all right, probably that should have been a penalty as well. Yeah, and well, actually, three... that doesn't have the excuse of having three people looking at it on video. Then you get really strange no. people who say, "Well, the three people said it wasn't a penalty, therefore it wasn't." It's like really. Really? Yeah. Is that got, so? There's I no point in understanding the laws around a rook, for example, because it's only as soon as a ref says it's a rook, then it's a rook. Why do you need to understand it? So, like, what the <laughs> fucking point is that? Yeah, the that, uh, that's a bizarre argument for mine. Pricks and suits were out in overwhelming force. And I on Saturday myself and in to a certain extent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it was you know for me, it's like yeah, it's it's obviously a penalty. Also. It's not the first time Owen Farrell's done something stupid like this. It's just the first time that he's actually nearly fucking cost his team a game because of it. You know? I think he knew exactly what he was doing. He was throwing his shoulder very hard at the top yeah. of the ball in the chest. Now, yeah. and if you look at now, if you look at the law when it says you have to contact with the head, but then if you look at the reckless tackle guidance, which talks about you, you know, you should have using kind of your known, arms. One, using the arms, and two, you should yeah. have known that there's a potential that it might go that way. And it's that whole thing about, isn't it? Well, 
what do you wish the laws and directives were and what they actually are? Yeah. That kind of strange thing. Yeah, it's, it's that sort of... It's, the Jim it's Hamilton weird, argument. Yeah. yeah, there's a weird kind of... It was a weird confluence of people who refuse to acknowledge reality, um, which... And then say it was only Welsh it, and Irish and Scottish people kicking off. Yes, the, class, the classic fucking overly defensive bollocks. It was those people combined with... It was a confluence of them and the Let the Boys Play Brigade who don't believe that should be a penalty in the first place. Yes. Which is where most of the ex-players fell into it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't a penalty in my day. No, well, but it's Listen fucking... to ex-players. It's the same reason no. you shouldn't listen to chefs about being more tolerant in the workplace and not being bullies. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because they've been through it. It's like, don't listen to black cab drivers who say, no, you still definitely need to do the knowledge. <laughs> it's because yeah. we've done well, it, therefore yeah. every every fucker else has to. Despite the fact that mate. it's you know, fine, everybody can just use Uber now. You know, it's kind of. But I tell you what, I got a bit of fucking conspiracy theory about all this, Ooh. and it's something that I know. It's not just. It's, it's related to that, like you said, the Malcolm Marks thing. How the fuck that wasn't a penalty? No idea. There were numerous incidents across the game and across Wales, Scotland. Johnny May nearly took somebody's head off about. Two minutes before. Exactly. Well, yeah. Rugby is being ref differently at test level regarding dangerous tackles. You reckon? Well, do you know how many yellow cards they were given out in the rugby championship this year? No. Four. Right. Across the entire fucking tournament. Now, for the reference, there were ten yellows and two reds in 2017. Okay. So, somehow, they have... Either the and not do you know how many of them were for uh, technical offences such as killing the ball or like repeated infringements in the goal area? Of the four, yeah, four, yeah. <laughs> so only because I'm guessing the way your narrative's going here. Yeah, we'll go on. Well, June, as you might you might remember, June was when the Southern Hemisphere teams hosted the Northern Hemisphere teams in the June tests and. There was a lot of fucking tizzy about things like Israel Folau getting that yellow card against Ireland, yes. Benjamin Fowl getting the red card against New Zealand. Yes, there was, a lot, that's right, yeah. A lot of prominent ex-players, a lot of coaches, started openly criticising this current crackdown on dangerous play and saying, game's gone, blah, 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 all that bollocks that we're very bored of. Um, and then the rugby championship starts a month later, and all of a sudden, what has been, you know one of the most stringently sort of disciplined bits of rugby in the in June that we've ever seen is all of a sudden a fucking free-for-all. And I honestly think that the World Rugby basically saw all of those critical headlines that were generated in the June tests by the crackdown on those dangerous tackles and said the refs taking charge of the rugby championship and now the autumn test, look, lads, rules are the rules and all but we need you to cut these players a bit of slack here because test rugby is the pinnacle of the game and we don't want everyone to all everyone to be talking about is refereeing decisions and high tackles because if we're hot, like look at what happened they've not managed <laughs> to achieve that outcome this week though well, no they yeah. fucked that up royally because a week ago if that tackle happens in the pro 14 of the premiership that's a penalty and a yellow card yeah i mean that's i agree with that yeah and I honestly think they're, they're looking at it and going, you know what? 
we can if we want to change behavior we can change behavior at domestic level we can change behavior by being fucking harsh on it on high tackles and dangerous tackles a club level and it will eventually change behavior but for the now can we just go a bit easier test levels where the fucking money is test levels where the attention is so yeah you know things they get maybe i'm being fucking paranoid about this but i honestly just think well World rugby starting from the I think, rugby I think, championship. I think there's a chance that that might be happening, but yeah, it's well, a, I, I, well it's, I think, it's certainly a coincidence. You're right. I, I mean, the, 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 it is odd. Yeah, that's do true. Do I think it's beyond the realms that world rugby can go to the refs? Could you just referee with a bit more sympathy and a bit more sensitivity and understand that you know these players are trying mm. and they've got you know every you know for the rest of the year you can be as harsh on them as you want to be, but for now, can you just let them get used to it for a while because we don't want these high-profile fucking games being decided on. You know, we don't want fucking red cards every game. We don't want loads of yellow cards. We don't want everybody you talking about fucking the games. I think it come out by now. There'd be an email somewhere or a memo that somebody would leak maybe. Mind you, it's not very leaky World Rugby, is it? No, it's not, especially that relationship between World Rugby and the referees. Yes. It's a very close, and that's the only people they need to tell about, you know, because they're not, they're not, they're not going to the fucking, to fucking Eddie Jones, crack on, mate. You fucking smash him in the face because we're going to go easy on you. Mm. But they're, I just feel like they're, they're refereeing with a lot more fucking leeway than they were six months ago at test level. And that to me looks weird because surely they should be being more stringent, well, not less. Listeners and me now are going to be spending the rest of this awesome series testing welcome. this theory. But anyway, I yeah. So... Totally, I could be totally fucking tinfoil hatting it, and I'm happily prepared to say that I am if... I mean, I might well be. Going back to this I've particular thought, tackle, yeah. yes. I just don't understand how you can look at it that long and then go, no, it looks odd. And it was a strange sort of... The, the words he used were odd, weren't they? You know. Well, Angus Gardner basically went. There's not oh, enough of oh, a shoulder. For, it's not enough of a shoulder. A shoulder for me, for me yeah. I, I he, you could see that. a look on his face. He just went, "Oh fuck, I'm going to have to give." A lot a of decision. people say that the, the, the you know, the, the, all the officials agree with it, but I think as soon as a ref starts saying, "This is what I think," yeah, people the go, rest okay, of, everybody yeah. else. They don't want the, the TMOs are going to radio live on telling and go. Well, I completely disagree with you, Angus. Well, that's the thing, and the only the only fucking assistant referee in the world who is going to go to a referee and say, "I really think you should have a look at that again." Is Nigel? It's Nigel. Yeah. Um, and all we had we had Poundland Nigel instead, and he was in America. Um, but yeah, no, ben you know, is it Ben Whitehouse? Ben Whitehouse, yeah. Poundland Nigel, yeah. <laughs> Nigel, two point um, Yeah, Angus Gardner basically just went. Oh God! I really don't want like if I give this, all the English press is going to be for the next week is how I have fucking robbed them with a games gone soft fucking penalty decision, and so he just well, we'll never and know. He's a human. He's a human up. being, yeah, and yeah. he just went. You know what? I can talk my way out of this, and he did. You know, because Farrell was absolutely convinced he'd given a penalty. He shot himself. Look, he he, saw his he knew exactly. Yeah. Knew exactly what he'd done. The look of disbelief on his face when the penalty was not given and it was given a knock-on. He looked like he had just been told that he has just, you know, smeared the fucking winning lottery numbers on the wall with shit when he was pissed. <laughs> and it's, you know, he knew, he thought he had fucked it all up there. And he had, to be fair. 
he absolutely had. It was a penalty. <laughs> but yeah, they got one. They got away with one, and you know that's well, rug- that's life in it. Yeah, and that is definitely rugby. rugby. Should we actually talk about the bit that happened 81 minutes before it? I mean, there's not a great deal of fucking talk about there. It was a truly terrible game, wasn't it? And I don't, I don't care how tight and dramatic it was at the end. That is, It was a desperate game. And I know a lot of people say that I could be quite negative or we could be quite negative, but I'm sorry. Anybody who isn't just saying that that was pretty largely fecking awful is just well, not being very honest with themselves. Or it's just so team... delighted with the win or the reasons got out the window. Yeah, one team was did fuck all, and the other team spent 80 minutes smashing themselves in the bollocks every time they managed to get yeah. themselves in the position to do fuck all. Positives for me, though, was that given the, that, that selection, England weren't particularly bullied up front that much. No. Because that was the real fear, and even managed to win a scrum against the head on 72 minutes, you know. so mm. I honestly enough. think, it's like we were saying in the preview pod that our portraying listener, you know, when some if somebody goes to Twickenham and thinks that they can, you know, no matter what English pack it is, and mm. thinks they can bully an England pack, they are not really. There's not often they're going to get change out of that. It doesn't matter how big your pack is, no matter how like intimidating your pack is. England at home, you know, England have always got fucking shitloads of forwards. Yeah, that's one thing and we can all, do. They're always of a fucking baseline decent standard. And you pick, you know, you pick eight fit fucking bodies from the Premiership, give them England coaching, and put them in front of the fucking eighty thousand people at Twickenham, and they will give you a fucking good effort. And that's a hundred percent what they did. You know, they were greater than the sum. Well, were they greater than the sum of their parts? They still had, you know, presumably quite a lot of that pack are now effectively first choice. You know, Hartley's first choice, surely. Hartley played very well, actually. Kutoje is presumably first choice. I think so. Brad Shields is first choice. You know, yeah, he shouldn't be after yesterday, no. I don't think. But uh, well, yeah. yesterday, but he's, brought him, he's brought him in for a reason, hasn't he? And, you know, that's not to fucking not pick him. But um, And and Curry, you know, presumably is first choice. And fucking hell. But your point, I though, mean, is what makes him more disappointing to me as well, because that point, there's always more positives up front with England. Always. Mm. Throughout the throughout history, it's not hard. Yeah. Like your point is a good one. It's not hard to get a pack to be competitive with England. That's not where I've. That's not where the worry is. Bit of back no. row worry, but generally speaking, that's yeah, not the where worry, the worry is. The worry for me, if I were an England fan, or if indeed if I was the coach of England, um, is that I don't have a fucking clue what England's best backline is. No, and even if you could, somebody actually said this on Twitter, you know. How many starters, you know, if you, if you look at Wales or Ireland, they can probably pick 12 of their, if fit, 12 of their starting yeah. 15 quite easily. And how many can England pick? And I thought, well, actually, if you think about it, you can probably pick about 10. But the trouble is, yeah. of those 10, about five of them, you're not really sure which position the best used in. Well, or, or of those 10, they're the starters, but there's a sense of, should they be? Like, some like stats for you that fucking... Should Daly start a fullback, for example? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Christ on the bike, he was not good under the high ball for the first 20 minutes, and you'd think he'd be quite good at that. But some stats for you here, right? Oh, lay it on me. England on Saturday, right? Yeah. 14 clean breaks to South Africa's four, and they did not score one try. I never. Re- this is the other thing. It never really looked never like, really looked like it. No. When you, a lot of people talk. I mean, the first half, 
I think I, t- I tweeted at the time, and it's worth repeating again. East Germans saw more of West Berlin than England saw <laughs> England South, South, South Africa's South half in, in, yeah. in that first 40 minutes. And then lots of people were talking, and, and the commentary, Harrison in, in particular in the commentary, were talking about how England's second half was so much better and how South Africa were getting rattled by it. I watched it again, this game, right? Mm-hmm. England's second half was a decent spell of about nine minutes. Yeah. Between 46 minutes and 55 minutes, which was largely due to a couple of breaks in midfield. And during that, one of them was when Daly came through and dummied and cut yeah. back inside. But if he'd have given it to me, it'd have been a try. Yeah. So actually, the one time where it was a chance for the you know that kind of top two percent decision making stuff to show itself in somebody who's classy like Daly, and he is, yeah. it yeah, failed. Is. There was a, there was a failure there. And when you're not going to generate much, and when you've gone, oh well, Manu will be fit again soon. That'll solve everything. Yeah. You know, it's not really going to. It's not really well, going to get you there. So great. What, uh, but it's like fourteen clean breaks. South Africa had four. Yes. You know. And they did nothing with it. Wales, Scotland, right? Five apiece. They got three tries out of it, and they basically were fucking kicking it at each other for most of the 80 minutes. <laughs> the best thing, Ireland managed 13 against Italy and scored eight tries. I know it was against Italy, and it was a joke of a game, but, like... That Italy was, like, de- was like defending against Weebles. <laughs> yes, it was embarrassing. against Weebles, even. But... 14 clean breaks and no real try-scoring opportunities. It's the thing that we've been saying on this fucking podcast for two years, three years. Hey, well, hey, hey. Decision-making. I've been saying key this moments. since 2006. <laughs> fair play, fair play. I mean, like, South Africa deserve credit for defending well, and they did defend well. And clean breaks aren't everything, but it says a lot that they were so profligate, you know? Like, it just didn't look right to that back line. Like, and what do you do if you're fucking Eddie Jones now? Like, is Farrell the answer at 10? Is Slade the answer at 13? Is Daly the answer at full? I don't know. I haven't got a fucking clue who I think Ashton, should play 10 for Ashton England. in his first two touches demonstrates that he's got more rugby craft than everybody. And Noel played well, actually. And he it's did, not really a point that Noel's played badly. It's what do you want your team to do? And actually, I think Ashton is a kind of Ashley Cooper type, mm. but finishes better. So he can pop up in midfield. And it's really... He came in and he took that one pass and, and passed it on really lovely, timing-wise. And kept he does that brilliant thing, Ashton, of running in front of the play, which seems really stupid, but it isn't. Because ultimately, you can just jog along and then it overtakes him and he's in the perfect <laughs> position, you know? Yeah. So I do think there's something about, if you're going to try and create something and score tries, then you have to. Because Noel's honest enough. He really yeah. is. But he's not, he's, he's not, the, he's not a try scorer. And he's not the level. brain that, that Ashton is, quite frankly. Which no. is ironic because Ashton's got virtually no brain in real life. So <laughs> yeah, Ashton's Ashton's like real life brain is demonstrably quite limited. His rugby intelligence yeah. is fucking. Whichever epic. bit of the brain that's in, yeah, is really re- big. Is like his, reading. His, his hippocampus, his rugby <laughs> is massive, and everything yeah, else he, is pushed to one side. Like being able to read the game like few other wingers on this planet do, and yeah, it's. Where do we fucking go from here as an, for England? You know, it's like the pack is fine. The pack has always been fine. And it's like they are... say, and I said, to be honest, you know, it was a, it was a characterful performance. But actually, that's a fucking given in it. Just keeping on trying till the end and throwing <laughs> yourself in front of people. Yeah. I was get, when people I'm, get praised, like, you, know, the... you kept playing till the end. Well, yeah, 
They're on about 40 grand match fees. I keep playing to the end as well. <laughs> and also, like, keeping playing till the end and showing grit. And, you know, they absolutely did. Which but they, they did, also... but it's the minimum that you can but request, isn't yeah, it? Also, they also relied on some absolutely fucking, yeah, stonking levels of luck. Not just with the Farrell thing. Just the number of times South Africa did something fucking retarded. Or just kept dropping the ball, of course. Just and dropping of course, the ball. It had been a lot worse if South Africa's line-out didn't resemble a load of overexcited salmon trying to catch a cruise missile that was flying <laughs> over their head, which is basically what they look like. Yeah, I was going to save this. Well, why sure. did they keep throwing it to the tail? Why did they keep throwing it to the Look, that, this is not fucking working. Man. Malcolm Marks, fucking World Player of the Year nominee this week. Like, it was, was it like some sort of karmic payoff for all the like fantastic performances he's had over the last twelve months, being like meted out with each of those fucking botched lineout throws on the England line? Like, yeah. like literally, he gets the nom, the nomination, and then goes on to have the worst game of his fucking career in a lineout sense. Like, either one of those goes to hand, and South Africa win the game. Is his you throwing then usually that bad? I've not noticed. No, it's I'm... usually really good. <laughs> I he think just... I've not noticed because it's normally perfectly fine. Exactly, it's absolutely fine. And he just shat the bed. And it was weird. But You can yeah, imagine every time it... he come over, we're going to the tail again. But they whispered, oh, we're going you to the tail fuck... again. And he'd have gone, oh, come on! <laughs> can we not just throw it to the first man and maul it over because we're South Africans? I'm calling an audible. Look, no, you're not. Look at, <laughs> look at the fucking size of us. Can we not just try to maul it because over? Because why don't you just... Peel it the other way. They're obviously going for the yeah. peel ball around yeah. their back. Yeah. They will just peel it the other it's way. Like, I get it. Having fucking Itoje and Cruis in there causes problems, and it causes people to overthink lineouts. But they just overthunk thought things to a genuinely ridiculous level. But it wasn't particularly the England jumpers that were putting him in a load of shit. It no, was just, he just I think kept it just launching got... it straight over well, their heads. Think, I just think they got it. He saw uh, Itoji and Cruis, who were doing a decent job of sort of disrupting it, not in any serious way, but in a way that it was not making it smooth. And I honestly think he thought, oh, God, Itoji and Cruis, they're like fucking line-out magicians or something. I'm going to have to fucking vastly overcomplicate this to try and get past them. No, just throw it to the fucking front, mate. Yes. Your mass throw it very high in the air. I don't care how high Maruitoji jumps. He is not fucking out jumping Steph Detoy or fucking Ludiaga or whoever. They are huge. Yes. Mad. So basically yeah, so there's that that went in England's way in yeah. England's in England's way. South Africa looked a very different team without Fafta Kirk playing. I'll say that. I think it, they, they look they a very his... different team without Fafta Kirk and they look a very different team. To be honest, with all of their England-based players, you know, they really missed. Yeah, they missed. You know, all of you know they could have done with Francois Lowe to come off the bench. They could, could have done have, with Villiers Leroux. Villiers is very talented, but he's you know really he's a bit done with Villiers Leroux. They of really cameos cameos that make you cheer, but beyond that, it's kind of you know. Yeah, and I just yeah, I just look at I. I'd be happier being Razzie after that than. Eddie, do you know what I mean? And it, this sounds daft because they lost and England won. Yeah. And I think he'll be happy because it's a, it's a winning start and you'll know all about that, won't you, as we talk about oh, yeah. that next. But, well, um, indeed. but I, I think do think did. there's something about Razzie knows that when Faf comes back in and Villiru comes back in and Lowe's back on the bench, he's going to look at that team. You know, he's look at how DLND played. he look yeah. at how Peter Stefty Toy played. He was fucking amazing, by the way. Yeah, he was. Um, 
and 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 be happy with it. I mean, England had some all contests and shit good later, but there were some good performances in England as well. But absolutely, as a team moving through the last six months, I'd be much happier being Razzy and Razzy's boss Razzy than uh, yeah. than Eddie Jones. Right I now. mean, yeah, I'd be if I was Razzy, I would be consoling Razzy with the notion, <laughs> the realization that you know what, you fucking beat the All Blacks this year, and. Yeah, that England, like people have said, oh, it's Eddie Jones's most important win as a coach. Bollocks! A fucking course, it's not. As England coach, I should say, you know, yeah. it's not fucking Eddie Jones's most important win Does as it an make England coach. said the Telegraph. This shows this bodes well for the World Cup. No, it doesn't. Stop being stupid. <laughs> Stop being really, really stupid. What on earth are you talking about? I mean, I mean it is good they managed to win, and they'll. they'll yeah. it's, it's much nicer to go into Monday morning video analysis winning, but Absolutely. it won't shit. So you'll feel better when they show you everything you've done wrong. Effectively, yes, and that's. I mean, we've fucking seen this movie from England before, and they probably will turn around and fucking beat the All Blacks next week. But because this, that's just how these things tend to go. But there's not a good, you know, it felt for all of the like over the top praise that was meted about England's grit and determination and all this shit. It was like. Really, you don't look at this as yet another fucking false dawn, you know, another a gritty win in. I don't the think face it's even a dawn. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> Maybe the you know the first fingers of dawn are starting to like creep into the sky, I suppose. But yeah, um, rosy fingered dawn is not a uh, setting. Henry Slade missed seven tackles, by the way. Oh, fucking that shit. <laughs> Come back, Manu. Come back as quickly as you can. Um, but that's the thing, though. It's like who the fuck. Is is England's centre partnership now? I I know who he wants, which is a big lad and a fast lad. Preferably two big lads, one of them fast, one of them very big. That's what Eddie's like. You know, I I would be surprised if we see Ford Farrell too long. It's got to be long term. I think he might try Ford Farrell Slade this week. I don't think. Depends, I mean, Teo. I mean, it's hard to judge. I don't think he was that bad, really. Well, great either, but he wasn't he's horrendous. Sort of, he's, do you know what he is, genuinely? And not in terms of the way that he plays. Australian? Well, yes. <laughs> or possibly a New Zealander, or possibly Irish, or possibly... Who knows? he's English, I'm being stupid. Who, but who knows? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're teasing, obviously. Um, he, he's got a bit of the Brad Barrett about him, in that he, in, an, in a test jersey, he's a constant six and a half. Yes. He's never, he's, well, he's not never, but he's so rarely an eight. That's true. And never, and never a ten. And I think he's clinging on to the eights on the Lions tour now. Yeah. For all, for all of his, his worth, isn't he? Yeah. And, and you know, he's, he's rarely a five, but he's rarely yeah, a fucking yeah. seven and a half or an eight. He's always about a six and a half. And it, it's, it's the sort of, he just lacks that little bit extra for test level, I feel, that a player like... Like Manu's got, you know, if you, he's got that different kind of athleticism and power and hunger for the game that I just don't see it from Teo, and maybe I'm wrong. You know, even Brad Barrett's beaten the fucking All Blacks once, so <laughs> maybe that'll be the case this weekend. But yeah. this, so I think we play the All Blacks now on Saturday. I don't think the All Blacks will be exactly shitting themselves after watching whatever highlights of that game they're going to watch. No, they've all had a nice week off as well, which uh, is good. Because yeah, I mean, yeah. no, nobody of any consequence played and battered Japan on the weekend. So, 
So which there you go. apparently very good value from what I see. I didn't see the game. I on the Super Brew predictor, which is what we've we've set up. Good luck to everybody mm-hmm. who got involved in that. Um, mm-hmm. I just predicted that New Zealand would win by seventy points. So I was uh, I was very much put back in my place on that one. So yeah, they did look. Well, well they, they scored. scored they, they scored, scored sixty nine. They, I mean, think of you know, New Zealand scored sixty nine points. <laughs> but, but yeah, fair hey, play, Japan. Did Japan score managed to score points, tries, yeah. which is something yeah. that England struggled with this weekend. So Indeed. that is that. If I learned one thing in the last year, it's that falling into debt can happen to anyone. Luckily, I heard about the ISI, the Insolvency Service of Ireland. Their professional advisors can help you restructure or even write off your debt. The first thing they said to me was, every debt problem has a solution. I can still feel the relief. So if you're worried, visit their website backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI. Together, we'll get you back on track. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Shall we move on? To, to the main event. The Princey Punkety Stadium. I hate uh, that fucking Principality Stadium, bollocks. Not as much as I hated all of the pretend. It was it irritated. I'm glad that the right outcome happened with the Doddy Weir Cup thing. And yes. they committed. They actually gave the money that they should have done in the fucking first place. But it wound me up that they were sort of quite so... They could have had a little bit more fucking contrition about it. They were backslapping themselves so heartily about it on on the weekend. And it's like, you know what? You had to be fucking shamed into actually getting your fucking hand in your pocket here. You but Doddy seemed to be having bit... a nice time, didn't he? I liked that Doddy was having a nice time and I liked that he was the centre of attention. Did you see I'm... Gary Armstrong's I've Come As A Fan Suggest Farmer outfit? But it showed him touring the ground with Doddy the day before. I did not see that. I did enjoy... It was properly, like, gilet, check shirt, Amazing. work trousers and everything. He looked magnificent. Slightly too long hair. You know, the full farmer look. It was great. I did enjoy the uh, full, the occasional cuts to the Hastings family in their box uh, at the Principality Stadium where both Gavin and Scott... They seem to have there's, morphed there's... into the same person. Them, too, by <laughs> they, the way. they have, and they both seem to be. Well, one one of them was just being a fucking arsehole, basically, and was had clearly been on the cans big time, <laughs> and and it it was just great. It was exactly what you what what else are you going to do? Your fucking child slash nephew, your progeny is, is out there. Your yeah. progeny is out there fucking playing for his country in the best stadium in the world. Still not being clear on whether he's good looking or a bit weird looking. Still not. Uh, he looks like I've, I've worked it out. He looks like a, a background extra from Boardwalk Empire. He does have a very twenties haircut, doesn't he? He does have a nineteen twenties hair and a bit of a nineteen twenties sort of swarthy, like prohibition <laughs> prohibition era sort of yes. bootlegger vibe about him. Which you know, I'm into it. That's... Hey, something different, isn't it? Well, yeah, exactly. Kind of Danny Cares Who... hair, isn't it? Absolutely. His hair seems to be more than a button mushroom. <laughs> Who 
Who wants a classically handsome Mike Phillips when you can have a sort of confusingly attractive Adam Hastings? Quite right. What, indeed. Yeah, so and Scott Hastings not commentating, of course. I think I said this. Like, every time Scott Hastings commentates, mm. I just constantly want to say, All right, just calm down, mate. It's okay. <laughs> just calm down. Because <laughs> from the very off, he's kind of a bit shouty, isn't he? Yes. And a bit he excited. Gets a little bit. There's aggro, no light and shade right. to it, is there? No, there's this. There's, there's not a sense of a sort of building timbre to some sort of climactic. It's like moment, he's just is... come out of a really loud concert. <laughs> it's exactly that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. He's, anyway, he's in the bus on the way home to the game. Yes. <laughs> let's, I was going to go on a very big tangent then. Let's not. Um, yes, it wasn't a brilliant game. I'm quite pleased because apparently. The thing we need to do to break our thirteen-year fucking shitting it up on the first game curse is just to play somebody else from the northern hemisphere. It's the only way you'll. It's the only way you'll learn. Yeah, training apparently, wheels. Apparently Next year it's there. Romania in the opening weekend. <laughs> well, I've often thought, why don't we play someone really shit up first? I don't for the best. Like play a Japan, play a USA, just for that bit of momentum and confidence boost. That, was, um, that reminds me of when England football under Bobby Robson before Euro 88, mm. Bobby took them playing like Stevenage Borough or something beforehand and they won like 27-0 England versus Stevenage Borough to build confidence. And then they went to Euro 88 and lost all, all the games that they played. Well, it was like that time that uh, was it Bobby Gould, when Bobby Gould was in charge of the Wales national team, they played, uh, I think it was Millwall. They played one of the terrible London teams in a sort of pre-tournament warm-up, well, not pre-tournament, pre-qualifying campaign warm-up and lost. <laughs> but, <laughs> because, because hey, lads, Bobby, heads because, up, we lift from here. <laughs> because Bobby Gould's Wales, apparently they nearly lost to a team of journalists as well at one point. But, uh, yeah, Bobby Gould's Wales was, was spectacularly was a, comedic. Was spe- yeah. Designed the kits though, didn't he? So, you know. Um, anyway, so yes, yeah, it wasn't anyway, a great game. It was not a great. It was there was Hadley Parks was a, didn't play well. Claxon. No, he did for twenty not. minutes well, anyway. For twenty minutes, yeah, <laughs> he played badly for twenty minutes, and then was his usual. And then he was at the heart fight. of all the tries and shears after that. Yeah, but it was it was like going back to fucking two thousand eight or something for large periods of the first half. It was just kick tennis, and you could tell that both teams just thought, "Oh, let's not lose our first game because it's just going to be fucking annoying if we do." And because there was nothing really on the line, because both teams knew each other really well. The thing that's... I I kind of... We don't like this game. We don't like that it happened. We don't like the fucking fact that World Rugby is trying to make this a normal thing of like... And we don't like that 40% of the squad aren't available, things like that. Yeah, all of these, you know, for a variety of reasons, this game was bollocks. Um, And... It just showed, like, the thing that's good about the autumn is that there's a kind of clash of styles and there's a bit of an unfamiliarity. You know, even if you're playing a Japan or a Georgia or Fiji, it's a bit different, you know? Mm. Whereas Wales playing, you know, it's fucking Wales playing Scotland again. You know, both teams know each other really well. Both teams know how each other plays. Scotland don't win in Cardiff. (laughs) Scotland don't win in Cardiff, maybe. (laughs) But it just... It just had reeked of two two teams that were both, you know, trying to find their feet, trying to play themselves into a little bit of fucking form, and were much more worried about not losing than they were winning. 
and it was just not a very good game to be honest like I'd be very disappointed if I was a Scotland fan I don't think they what did you make of Hastings um, I don't think he was too bad, actually. I think it I was like... a, a very, a very, what I would expect from somebody who has experience playing international rugby for the first time. Yeah. But I, I thought... there was enough there to know he's probably going to be okay at this level. Yeah, he looked, he looked not to the manner born, but he he had some touches. Yeah. Had and a couple he played... of blind alleys and stuff. Yeah. He doesn't seem to panic. No, and he's takes, quick. Takes a sacking, to use a quarterback yeah. term. Well, do you know what I mean? When it happened, yeah. he didn't freak out. It looks no. like he's one of these people who doesn't let things get to him. No, because you know, it, straight off the, you know, they won that penalty and then he fucking missed touch. Yeah, but he didn't seem to let it get into his head. He, and he kicked pretty well. He, he played yeah. with a relatively decent, a decent level of composure for somebody kind of who's not used to that kind of environment and that kind of intensity. And yeah, he looked quick. He looked, I liked that he took the ball to the line a lot. Um, I would like to have seen him pass a bit more once he got there because it kind of felt like he mm. was trying to do it all himself a little bit. But I think that's just, you know, nerves and inexperience. And, I you think know, he'll be fine. You know, Scotland, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Scotland and Cardiff. Well, to be like, I was surprised. Like, they really didn't look like Scotland on attack. And it's hard to look, you know, it's hard to be fluent in attack when you're getting fucking smashed at the contact. I thought the um, second half they did look all right, actually. I'm surprised. They looked I'm, better. I'm, I'm, they looked I'm a lot better. I'm surprised they didn't score in the second half, actually. Knowing what Scotland are capable of, I'm surprised they didn't manage to get a try. Yeah. Well, they they almost certainly should have on a variety of occasions, but they just fucking fluffed their lines, mm. didn't they? They they dropped the ball. They, you know, that ridiculous double movement thing where, you know, for God's sake, mate, just recycling it as a try. It was, you know, they had, you know, for a team visiting, Scotland had 64% of the territory and 60% of the possession. But, yeah, they didn't do a great, you know, they had 70% 70 of the possession in the second half, which is mad, really. That's why I was surprised, cause they, and they didn't look like they weren't using it either. I mean, there was some, no. you know, they didn't quite get it wide enough as they would like to have done, but... Yeah, I was surprised. Knowing what they can create, I suppose. But I suppose that's that's testament to the kind of new, certainly a new ten twelve axis. Anyway, and yeah, no hog. Um, I think if hog was on the field, it would have been a bit different. No, I think for all of the, you know, Blair Kinghorn comes heavily hyped uh, and has been excellent for Edinburgh this year. He did fuck all. Let's be honest. He no. didn't have any. He didn't have any opportunity. And I think the Wales probably had done their homework there. And went under no circumstances is this guy allowed any kind of space or time with the ball to counter attack and and he didn't get it and when you know the the couple of moments that he had where he did sort of get into a little bit of space he showed you know fuck me he's big and he's quick lovely step as well lovely change step for a a long thing he's (laughs) for a long thing indeed um he's got He's got bags of potential and bags of talent, but yeah, he's going to have to learn to be a little bit more savvy about it. I think he's, he's often work class. He's often used. That always worries me. Yeah, he's a very classy player. Yeah, that means you just look classy when you don't achieve anything. Yeah, classy player means you. Which look is not. Good I'm not. I'm not saying that's what he did. Against inferior it just, oppo- opposition. It just worries me that, that mm. I get used. Um, Can we talk about the Ken Owens thing? Yes, in that he was on his hands and knees throwing up, and somehow managed to play the rest of the game. Yeah, on the like massive head collision, like that fucking head collision with Ryan Wilson 
It was on the stroke of half time, but fucking hell, it was horrible. It was a literal car crash, you know? Mm. Like, (laughs) in terms of car crash velocities, that was like a fucking head-on collision. And he was flat out for a few seconds. He got up, he stumbled around a bit, dropped to his knees. And then the ref blew for half time. And, well, it was a weird fucking chain of events because Elliot D comes out for the second half. And everybody goes, well, obviously, Ken Owens looked like he'd been sparked the fuck out. And then... Oh, he's a blood replacement. He's passed a HIA, and he came back on, went off about 60 minutes, and then came back on again in the last 10 minutes when Elliot D got yellow carded. Like, well, I suppose if he's passed an HIA, that's what the protocol's well, there for, isn't it? No, that is the thing. Let me read from you. I looked this up because I was like, this can't be what... World Rugby's guidelines for what they call a criteria one symptom for concussion, which, if spotted, or if there's evidence of it, it's immediate and permanent removal from the game. No right. fucking H, no HIA, no. So, first one seizures. Okay, <laughs> he wasn't having a seizure. Um, I, I you wouldn't of... think you need to be told that, would you? No, that if you're no. having a seizure, you no. probably shouldn't play. Probably on, should but yeah, go, go back on. on yeah. Um, loss of consciousness, either confirmed. <laughs> number or Number two, legs falling off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two is loss of consciousness, either confirmed or suspected. Uh, number three is unsteady on on feet or balance problems or falling over or poor coordination. Uh, number four is confusion. Number th- five is disorientation. Seems like the same thing to me. Um, uh, number six is a dazed, blank or vacant look. And number seven is behavioral changes. Now, it could be argued that Ken exhibited probably four of those uh, or uh, five of those seven criteria after that hit, probably. And... If uh, the guidelines say if a player has any one of these visible clues, they must be immediately removed from activity and must not return until they've completed the graduated return to play protocol, which isn't a HIA. That's when you have a week off. Like, I'm not suggesting anything nefarious on part of the WRU or the Wales team doctors or anything, but it just doesn't seem like. Yeah. Following the. Like, Gatlin said after the game, oh, he passed two HIAs, he's fine. But. Mm. That's not the. That's not the. And I still think that people that like there's a mis- lack of understanding at the highest levels of what fucking what these head injury things are supposed to be. You know, it's not. Oh, if you see he's been sparked out, he has to take a HIA. No, if he's been sparked out, he's fucking done for the day. And I also think there's there's probably still the issue that they look at this on the wrong end of a telescope. Mm. You should be looking at. You shouldn't be looking at reasons to keep him in the game. Absolutely. You shouldn't be using these processes as a way to justify you can stay in the game. And you should be I, actually working almost on the other way around, really. That actually, yeah. Is there has, a if you've had a massive bang on out. the head, it's an assumption that you probably shouldn't put him back in unless yeah. you're absolutely sure. Yeah. Unless you go, oh, well, he hasn't displayed any of these symptoms. And, he's and I know that's not easy. Well, and I know you can talk no, about it's... somebody playing for old Wang Manglians on the seventh, you know, on, on the third yeah. team pitch somewhere. I understand that, but this is not that. Yeah, this is the same reason that third teams don't deal with TMOs and stuff, you know. Yeah. Yes, it's a different game, a different level. And also, like, if we want this sort of stuff to filter down where people know, you know, if you take a big fucking bang to the head, get him off and get him off for good, recognize and remove, as they say. Like Criteria if, eight, liking Galway Girl by Ed Sheeran. Exactly that. Um 
Um, or we could go on for ages of these. Criteria 9. <laughs> Liking Drinking in LA by Ram Van 3000. <laughs> a massively underrated song, that. <laughs> Genuinely quality tune. Um, Criteria number 10, Liking Somewhere Down the Crazy River by Robbie Robertson. Yeah. <laughs> all the, These are all ones for the kids, these. Absolutely. Hitting these things at the absolute height of their popularity. Um, anyway, yes. Bizarre. Yeah, it, just, it didn't. It, it didn't feel right, did it? No, and it, it felt. And he was getting lots of kind of extra points on the player ratings for being a warrior. It's like, why are we still doing this? Why are we still doing it? this? It's. It's. And yeah, you looked at the write-ups after the game, and people were saying, "Oh, Ken, you know, Ken Owens, man of the match, warrior, should never have been on the fucking field." And regardless of whether he's got a fucking concussion, that's not the issue here. Yeah, it's 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 a question of means, not ends, isn't it? Absolutely. Or unless the end is he doesn't go back in. But yeah, it was. It yeah. didn't look right when he was on his hands and knees, having like spew wiped off his hands, which is what it looked like to me. <laughs> yeah, and he looked. There was a couple of things they they call it. I think they call it fencing, where like it's a symptom of concussion, like of suffering a concussion, where you take an impact and basically your arms sort of shoot outwards and sort of hang in the air for a couple of seconds, and right. the, that's apparently one of the symptoms that they. Diagnosing is like a, a, a real telltale sign of concussive injuries that you're you would do this fencing thing where your arms just go out straight and sort of hang for a second and then come down. Right. And basically, when Ken got hit, that's exactly what happened, and his legs went. And it's like that should be straight off. He shouldn't be done for the day at that point. And it's worrying that they're not at the highest level of the game. This is not being recognised, and it's. Yeah, it shows he's still got a lot of fucking work to do. Positives for Wales? Uh, Defence was very good. It was, Sean, wasn't it? Yeah. Sean Edwards has had a very fun couple of weeks. I think. Santa Connie, well, my fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest with you, like it was not a vintage performance. It was not a vintage game. They they did everything they needed to do. Thoughts on Anskin? Uh, took, I thought he played really well. I think it's nice to see a 10 show variation like he does. Yes, that is... you don't see it that often at test level. Yeah. You know, you often have a 10 that that takes the ball to the line really well or is a good kicker out of hand or, you know, is is a runner. And Anscombe sort of has... A he really ran that nice lovely variety. dummy loop, didn't he? Oh, I love that. For that try. Yeah. When he did the, the sexton move, he was like, oh shit, no, he hasn't got it. It was kind of... <laughs> yeah. And also, he has that sort of... Yeah, he's a, he, he does those lovely little deft chips over the top that you just don't see that often from a modern 10 either. And there is something and, about that's what you need against these defences these days. You need somebody, mm. you know, and it isn't always going to come off, but there is something about... No. You know, in the what you're gonna have it like is it gonna be more in the plus column come the end of the game, I suppose. I've never been that convinced by him. Because I think there's something about him that it, it's that terrible thing that he kind of fails the sight test a bit because he can look a, bit a little too, bit, yeah. Because he can everything you've just said is a positive, which I agree with, can sometimes make him look indecisive and jittery. And, yeah. And that's where it fit. You think, oh look, he's nervous, doesn't really know what he's doing. But I don't think that's true actually. The more I watch him, I just think that's just the kind of player he is. Yeah, I think you're right. And he's not and indecisive, think... he's just he just mixes it up. And I wonder if that's kind of why he never really caught on in New Zealand, is that sight test wise, he doesn't look dependable. You know? Yeah, Even I know though he that, is. Yeah. And then he doesn't look big enough. And all these things yeah. kind of come into play then, don't they? Yeah. But I think and that like... him. Hadley Parks and and JD too should be given 
should be, you know, they should, should have given the a run. Yeah, they should be given Absolutely. a run because like, there's no way that Bigger's playing well enough to warrant God no taking that shirt back now, is it? No, and he obviously can't stand Reese Patchell for some reason. So. <laughs> well, to be fair to Patchell, he's injured at the moment, but um, and he is apparently going to be he's close from what it seems like. Um, but I tell you what, pleasant surprise of the day for me was Dylan Lewis. Yeah, I had him in my gut. Really for later. good. Yeah, really, really good. good. Like, I mean, we, we can save it to later, but like. Yeah. Unless you're ready uh, to segue into good now and we can make this a start of it, or have you got more points to make about the game? I mean, not really, no. It was nice to see John Davis sort of hit his ground running a little bit. And um, George, of course. And George looking like he enjoys rugby again. But yeah, let's 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 go into good then. You can segue start with good. Yeah, definitely, you know, as 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 one great Welsh fucking prop sailed off into the sunset, uh as Geth did on Sunday, it was nice to see a young Welsh prop come in and do a lot of the things that Geth did. How old is he, you know? Dylan? Dylan Lewis, he's young, man. He's He was playing for the under-20s not too long ago, so you can't be that old. I'm Googling, as, as you can probably tell by my clicky-clicky keyboard. Uh, he's 20 bloody 22, two. yeah, fair dues. <laughs> for a prop, that is mega young. And he's a big lad, you know? He's... He's six foot and eighteen stone, or nearly nineteen stone, which is you know he's and he's a good athlete with it. And he's tight head, isn't he? Yeah, we could do with a we could do with a few more fucking props like that. To be honest, like Wales have been not exactly blessed with a a surfeit of good young fucking tight heads, and yeah, having him and Samson Lee. As uh, and and throw Leon Brown into the mix as well. There, that's you know, that's a good fucking call mm. <laughs> as far as Welsh front rowers go. Um, so yeah, I was really impressed with him. You know, he he's played really good, well for the Blues at times this season, but he's lacked a bit of consistency. So it was kind of, if not a shock, but it was, you know, it was good. It was it was nice to see. And it's weird to say that about a Welsh front row, to be honest. I think him and Rob Evans would be a decent carrying... Absolute fucking ballers. <laughs> the pair of them. Yeah. It's fucking great, that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But I play uh, very well. Should throw, we, can, throw we continue ball spinning court? Elliot D in there as well, and you'll be... <laughs> they're making so much fuss about the fact that Elliot D, before every line-out, spins the rugby ball on one finger like a, like a Harlem Globetrotter. He's not doing it for long, guys. It's not. like That's yeah. like... That's like half a day's worth of practice and you can anyone and they're all full-time professionals now so they'll spend (laughs) they'll spend quite a bit of time fucking about doing stuff like that because even when i played shit like just tuesday thursday training there was plenty of competitions who could spin the ball on your finger for long enough. Exactly, it's like just and that he's trick where you're rolling up one arm and across your chest and down the yeah. other arm and if stuff. He did that, that, i'll be honest with you if he did that before every line out i'd say fair play <laughs> i could I actually honestly... do that Despite Perfect. the fact I was a terrible rugby player, I could actually do the ball up one hand down the right thing. Well, I'm going to need some sort of evidence of that at some point. I'll but, try uh, and film it. I've not done it for a... Yes. At least we get the excuses already. I've not done it for a long time. And I was here. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got that's good for me? Good for me, we've, you've mentioned Dylan Lewis. I think... I've already mentioned, but I mentioned again, Peter Steph de Toy. Now, we've given him a bit of shit on here. Because big he didn't look, lad. Didn't look so good in the back row at times. No, put him a lock, though. But yeah, don't play in there again. 
and just mm. basically play him at lock forever. The engine, man, and he's massive. Imagine <laughs> he's how much so oxygen big. he has to... What must his VO2 max be to suck in enough to actually get that fucking frame moving? Well, this is why they, they don't like breed people like this outside of the high veld. That's true. Because, yeah, actually, it's know. like he's sucking on super fuel when he's down at sea level, isn't it? <laughs> um, good for me. Um, unexpectedly... But pleasantly surprisingly, Mark Wilson. He like, was well. What did I say in our Patreon? You did. You called it. You know what? I think he's the new Phil Dowson. Do you ever Phil Dowson? Oh, but he better. is, isn't he? He is the new Phil Dowson. Yeah, not cause... quite big enough. Not quite quick enough. Yet somehow strangely effective. <laughs> yeah, and it's like he did struggle to provide, you know, uh, the sort of go forward that England's backs could have needed. But like. He was gritty, he was tough, he was quite mobile, he really worked his ass off, he was all over the park, like, he was England's best player, and that's weird. <laughs> you know? I do think when, another good for me was Mercer, I think when Mer- Mercer came yeah, and pushed came him to he... six, yeah. and just put in a really, not not, not an earth-shattering thing, but just a really competent performance in what is, for your first cap, a pretty shitty game to be coming into and a high tense you know a high stress high tension environment as well um yeah i thought he was really good i thought george cruis was really good because it has felt like looks kind of back the last, to his best i think well for the last 18 months it honestly feels like eddie jones just tried his absolute best to pick anyone but him like i get it we're back in He's the england what... doesn't have a problem with second rowers this day though aren't no we? but like cruis is quite a limited player he's not the most skillful He's not the biggest carrier. He offers no. nothing in the loose or on the deck. But he's a fucking great defender. He's solid in the scrum. And he's a brilliant line-out forward. Lots and to be said for that as well. There's a lot to be said. Like, you can yeah. win, as he proved on Saturday, you can win games with that. Did you see as well that he told you had a <laughs> moment at one point? <laughs> he caught him, but yeah. He's a... Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, I thought that was good. We talked about, Let's go on to Twitter, shall we? Nick Let's. Hillen got in touch, and he, a few people said this. He said, "Good was the Mish, yes, handing off Moriarty like he was a toddler." Adam Reese also said, "The mighty Mish." He's like, I mean, I love him dearly, as you know. Mm. And to me, he's like a sort of massive heart in a titanium cubicle <laughs> on little tiny legs. That yes, way. yeah. I mean, in a get in a game where the Scottish pack came off second best by some distance. He was the one that just fucking... Have you seen his individual stats? Uh, Are they ridiculous? His his attacking stats are... He ran the ball 13 times Mm -hmm. for 42 metres. Fair play. Which is just short of Hugh Jones and more than Tommy Seymour, Lee Jones and everybody else in the pack, obviously. I mean, yeah. This is just absolute point blank refusal he's, to give yeah. up yeah he is and he almost stands out more he is in the a bloke sort from of the lip. holy grail yeah he almost stands out more in losing cause because his head never drops he just no. fucking and just he is just the king of the going. leg drive isn't he 
Yeah, and he will just. Well, keep it's not even a leg drive. It's not a drive. He's all, he's like the road runner. His legs just keep going round and round and round, <laughs> and round he? as he bumps into things. Yeah, I mean, speaking of leg drive, can we talk about that George North try? Because that was hilarious. <laughs> I was see the size of George North's legs though. <laughs> fucking. Comical, he's got like a normal size top half, hasn't he? And then like. Well, it's like when you when you sort of see when he's in that mood, you just think, "What the fuck are we gonna do about that?" <laughs> As a from a defensive point of view, because it was just like it's that poor bug three, hanging onto the back of his shirt. Yeah, three people made a very you know Hugh Jones made a piss poor attempt to tackle him, but <laughs> and it wasn't like, the only one. But yeah, no, but like three people tried their very best to stop him, and he just kept those comically large legs going, and was just like, no, no, I'm going to go to the try line now, please, and uh, good luck. But yes, it's nice to see him looking. He obviously is happier back home. I know Wales, Wales is yeah. a big place, but you know, home. Well, it means that he gets to live in Cardiff with his Somebody missus. Somebody said that to me in Birmingham last week. Where are you from, North Wales? Well, I was in Cardiff last week, so that's fucking fascinating. I was in fucking Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I was in fucking Newcastle. It's like yeah. <laughs> not the same. But you know, yeah. While his home is obviously North Wales and Anglesey, where him and his missus want to be is Cardiff. Yes. Um, and that's where they are now, and good for them they they seem to like yeah. it and he just looks like he's enjoying rugby again what other goods do we have we have That's... go on you're gonna tell me one if somebody hasn't mentioned our lord and savior jacqueline ball carrying all-round court gaming dan lydiot um i think somebody um, has what can he offer at test level in 2018? We asked. I asked. Podcast at well. great length and made yeah. jokes about it yeah. and everything. And our Apparently, Patreon podcast last week. Loads. <laughs> I, I mean, Dylan I Pugh got it. in touch and said, "Good is Dan Lydia reminding everyone why tackling low is better." Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Although <laughs> the poster, Dan Lydia, because tackling low tackling is better. Is better. <laughs> I don't know. He just were. It just like there was bad like. I didn't think Moriarty had a particularly good game. Didn't have a bad game either. No, and given he was... that he's basically coming out of what is basically an endless fog and miasma of failure. <laughs> that's a, that's not that's yeah. not a bad shout. Yeah. yeah. How good must him and Corey Hill be to come we'll out of that fucking dressing room? Genu- genuinely, will be interesting to see if he can kind of maintain a certain level of quality in the face of just the endless fucking misery that is being a Dragons player. <laughs> Um, yeah. I want to see you by the end of the season rip that fucking dragon off the top of that tunnel thing and stamp <laughs> on it in, in temper. But yeah, he like I was one of his best games for Wales because he didn't just tackle everything as per. He like actually carried over the game line quite well and won a turnover at one point. Probably found, and he just found a bit of maturity in his playing at the age of what is he? Yeah, 30 I mean, or something now, thirty-one. He's definitely been. Yeah, he's definitely been working on trying to like since he came to the Ospreys. You know, he's made a point in saying, "Look, I'm not fucking stupid here." He's thirty. Yeah, um, I I can see that the game is changing for a back row player, and I'm I need to try and adjust my game. And quite how successful he's been at that has been kind of up for debate. But yeah, he was really good. And it was weird, and I don't understand it, but good for him. What else have we got? Good on it. Trish Bronte got in touch on Twitter and said, good as Stuart Hogg, cleared for, because, mainly because he's been cleared for the match against Fiji on Saturday. So, yeah, it'd be good for all of rugby, I think, as well as well, Scotland to have him back. Indeed. Um, TAO Whiteboard got in touch and said, good was Mark Wilson and Jack Noel, England's two best players. 
No, I think Johnny May might be in with a shout, actually. Mm-hmm. But, um, which is another example of how weird things are in England right now. Johnny May is probably England's most consistent performer. Yeah, good. Ian, Ian, Cherrington, Ian Cherrington said good is Doddy Weir, just everything about him. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, his he's interview on the BBC last week where he's just kind of, yeah, I've got this thing. And I've watched your mate die of it, to be honest, but, you know, got to keep on yeah. keeping on, aren't you? Yeah. In Scottish, obviously. Remarkable he doesn't talk like that. No, he doesn't. But, yeah, remarkable fucking humour. Ben Bacon got in touch on Twitter. He said, good is Noel's new Barnet, looking like a Yakuza member doing an Annie Lennox tribute. <laughs> Was that, were you as surprised as me when he took his scrum cap off? He was like, oh, oh, it's just like a, a shabby. Uh, yes, yeah, I can't remember. I think I said a couple of weeks ago that he was sort of doing a weird like Fifth Element tribute thing. Yeah, that's true. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not a good look for him, is it? Curtis, like... no. Curtis Nice got in touch. Curtis Nice. Wait, you've had that before. I mean, <laughs> sorry. He said, uh, he said, good. Is Johnny May looking innovative, brainy, and actually making things happen? I don't think he's really. I don't think he, he understands. Hold a Lafone. Yeah, <laughs> I think he. I think he doesn't. I don't really he really understands how it works or why he's no. he just doesn't. No. It, yeah, it's like I think we should probably climb down from that a little bit. But you know. Ted Harding got in touch. He said God is uh-huh. Eddie's England rediscovering how to win games they definitely should have lost. Like they that used is to in twenty seventeen. Yeah, there's something to that, positive. I think. Yeah, yeah, there's something to that. It's not um, much to build on, I don't think. Because you'll lose no. eventually. Yeah, um, we haven't spoken anything really about Ireland because that game in Italy, in America, was entirely fucking I'm not talking about it because I've not seen it, apart from people post- posting that thing of Jordan Lama running around but traffic cones. We have got to talk about Jordan. Like, for all of the ridiculousness of that defence, which, honestly, Conor O'Shea should just leave them all in America <laughs> and just you say, you know what, whatever, <laughs> whatever's left in Italy, I'll make do. Because um, you lot are a fucking disgrace, but the lateral, like the the lateral movement and the pace on the lad his, is his, fucking yeah. terrifying. The way he runs, you can watch it yeah. all fucking day. Yeah. The, 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 people have talked about that first step, which obviously was ridiculous because he, you know, basically stepped about six foot to his left. But it was the one where he hits the burners. And then just sells the dummy and steps to the outside to actually beat the last man. And it's yeah. like, fucking hell. It was an out in, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a terrifying fucking combination of pace, lateral movement, and just understand, like an instinctive understanding of where to go. And it's, God, he's going to be good. Do you remember we used to play tip in school? Mm-hmm. And there was always the one kid that you couldn't ever tip. Because his dodging was so good, and you can't coach it, can you? No. You can you can coach people how to do a sidestep, the technique of it. Mm. But people who can, it's like pace. People who can do it can just do it. Yeah. And when you can do it to his level, it's it's remarkable. Yeah, he's like the most instinctive stepper that I've seen probably since Shane, in terms of like the way that his body moves and the way that he. Yeah, it's, it's that level of just like, like you say, you cannot coach that. You cannot teach that. It's just... Yeah, you just cherish it. Yeah, just enjoy. I, I, you I, you just know, cradle it in your hands and let, protect it forever. Let us enjoy, Jordan. Like, we were talking in the preview podcast when we mentioned Gethin Jenkins. You do not appreciate these things until yes. they fuck off. This is right at the start for Jordan Lama. Yes. Let us all enjoy this fucking ride. 
for as long as he may be around because they it does not come it across come very often. often. No. no, it doesn't. What have we got for shit? I've got a shit. Ben Miller yeah. scrum half. Yeah. Mainly because he had a great game. Mm. I like him because he looks like a plasterer. Yeah. That kind of that endears me to him. Yeah. Him yeah. to me. But he he moved at he moved in at scrum half at one point. Mm. And basically, sort of like end over end, spanned the ball almost into somebody's sort of shoelaces. Bless him. <laughs> yeah. But also, that could be good because I love it when a forward gets in there and gets themselves into a right mess. Well, speaking Imagine, of though, forward... he did manage to get the ball to the guy. It just looked dreadful. He did. Speaking of forwards getting in there and making a right mess, getting shit is getting Jenkins's goal kicking. Honestly, <laughs> I expected did he kick one? better. I haven't seen it. He kicked the the for he kicked the. Attempted the conversion for the Blues' final try at the death. Yeah, they were miles uh, away, weren't they? Um, and it wasn't in front of the post, to be honest. It was, you know, probably out to the right. But um, <laughs> my mate was apparently behind uh, John Mulverhill uh, in the toilets at the Scotland game on Saturday and overheard uh, Mulverhill saying he's been working on his goal kicking, which he <laughs> might have been talking about Gareth Hanscom. He's probably talking about Geth and Jenkins. Uh, work harder, Geth, honestly. Like, if there was one prop in the world that I would have expected to nail that kick, it was you. Disappointing. It's like Martin Williams missed that place kick against Leicester, wasn't he? It's like, of oh, all the people, of, the, of all, all the, the like, people, all people would, who didn't deserve Of that, all the non-darts yeah. players on Bullseye, I'd expect you to at least hit one <laughs> treble 20. You know, it's that kind of thing, isn't it? Massively. Uh, what have we got? Um, so we've got this shit. Uh, tell you shit. Bram Stain. Tell me. Have, did you see this? No. I know the scrum is a weirdly intimate place to be, but that is no excuse for wiping your fucking nose oh, yes, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. Marco Fusa's <laughs> journey. They're about to pack down, and he literally leans in and just wipes his nose full across his back. Grim. It's the way that he stuff. doesn't even react to it. It's no, that it's like it happens all the time. Yeah. It's that when you see those tribes of, like, not tribes, but the, you know, chimpanzees, the jugglers picking shit off yeah. each other that nobody notices. <laughs> He's going to have to wash that later, you dirty bastard. What have we got this shit on Twitter? Rich Craven gets in touch. He said, shit was the camera work at the Soldier Field. It looked like the world's first found footage rugby match. <laughs> Beg to differ, mate. Did you see the Wales fucking South African game? Oh, true, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, America's the place where they're uber, uber professional about this stuff, aren't they? It's really odd that they've not watched the game of rugby and known what to it's do weird, with it. It's weird, isn't it? It is weird. And they always blame it on, oh, they've never done a rugby game before. You've got rugby in America. Just go down. Like if if you're saying, I'm going to be the camera team for and the production team for an international rugby game this summer, we've got a fair bit of warning. Why not just go down? Like, there's plenty of rugby being played in America. Just go down for, like, out, you know, out of your own pocket. Or just and pay just for cut, somebody to, who normally covers cut, rugby to come and do it. it can't well, there is that, yeah. But if you want to learn how to do it, just go and cover some rugby games and, like, have a crack and, and yeah. learn what looks right. Yeah, That's weird shit, that. Shit. Alex Conan gets in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud, and he said shit was Brad Shields. Extension wow. to that. Kane Garner gets in touch on Twitter, and he says that fucking Brad Shields <laughs> offload was shit, just shy of the try line. I literally exploded and half the student union I was in looked at me as I yelled fucking wanker at the top of my voice. <laughs> Kane, I think you should come and sit next to us in the clubhouse. You sound like a kind of person. Think, yeah, you there. sound like very much on our level. Um, shit for me was Hugh Jones. Yeah. Uh, both tries 
his defense. He don't become uh, shit overnight, though, do you? And his defense has never been that much of a problem before. No, but he did have, not have a good day. No, he didn't. No, he will not enjoy watching this game back. Class is permanent and all that. Indeed. Um, um, what was shit? Chris Bailey got in touch and said, shit, if you're a South African fan, is Malcolm Marks. Yeah. But good if you're an England fan. Malcolm <laughs> Marks and his incredible gyroscopic arm that he's borrowed off Dave Ward for the afternoon. Uh, also, from a South African point of view, Sir uh, Kalosi, we should have known, really, shouldn't we? Previewing this game singling the bot captain out for special mention was just like the absolute hospital pass. Uh, and to be honest, the way that he held onto the ball on Saturday, you swear that every ball that was thrown to him was a hospital pass. Um, or was it an actual hospital? It was an actual hospital. Uh, he wasn't the only Saffa to have hands like feet on Saturday, was he? But, I mean, it can, you, if you're leading from the front, don't yes. do it in a, a shitting the bed kind of way. Yes. Come with me, lads. Oh, I've dropped the map. <laughs> Um, and the only other shit that I've got uh, is is poor Alec Hepburn, who, let's be honest, that's not a fun game to have your first start in, is it? It's not, is it? As a front rower, uh, but he did not. I'm liking his sort of well. Archangel Gabriel hair, though. I'm quite liking that. About him. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, oh fuck me, what was that French prop that used to have ridiculous hair? Frank uh, not French. No, the uh, French hooker. Sorry, recently plays for us in '92. Oh, yeah. Him. The fifth BG. Yes. Imagine him and... Schwarzewski. Yes, Dmitry Schwarzewski. How the hell did I forget Dmitry Schwarzewski? Imagine him and Alec Hepburn and Adam Jones in the same front row. Imagine them in the same nightclub. They'd clean up. (laughs) They'd clean up. Um, What else have we got this shit? Mulboyne gets in touch on Twitter. This is quite a random Mm. one, actually, because I hadn't seen it. He said, shit, was the Bangladeshi... Team wearing pajamas, full length arm and legs, at the Asia Rugby Under 18 Girls Sevens Championship in India last month. Sure, into it. He said, but good is the fact there is an Asian Rugby Under 18 Girls Sevens Championship in India last month, and the videos are on YouTube. He said, there were plenty of comedy moments of play, but China looked quite organised. Well, you'd expect that, wouldn't you? (laughs) Yeah. I'm not really commenting on your shit there because, you know, religious choices and all that are not really. You know, we're a bit too woke to be judging people. We are, for wearing we are very woke for that. But, you know, if they were actual pyjamas... They look like one-day cricket gear. Is what oh, OK. Like. Well, you know. In fact, it probably was recycled one-day cricket gear. <laughs> probably was, to be honest. Have you got any more shit? Uh, no, I think that's me. And I think that is me as well. Not not that I'm shit, just think that I'm finished. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Thank you for everybody who supports us on Patreon. Um, we have got... Have we got anything else coming up on Patreon soon? I can't remember. We're still going to do the 1998 Rebel season. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. And we've got Tony again in November. Oh, we've got the Patreon Q&A coming up. Oh, yeah. Where we're going to ask you to send in some questions that can be about anything. Yes. If they're about rugby, don't ask any detailed analysis ones. No, just don't I mean, do fucking hell, if you've listened to if this you, and gone, I, I really need to... If you're paid to, to support us to ask us questions, then you'd really... Unless you want a comedy one. Yeah. I could do, unless... like, comedy analysis, I suppose. <laughs> that probably would I be mean, very funny. Our analysis is not worse than, like, Stuart Barnes' analysis, but it's different. That's all I'll say. He's been pretty reasonable on Twitter, actually, since the tackle game he, thing. Yeah, it's almost like somebody had a word. Yes. But, uh, yes. Anyway, Josh, thank you. All of you Which out there, thank you. Take it, take, 
Take it. I was going to say. Take care, everybody. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, no. Is it everywhere? No. Sure. Stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans. Ah, Get in the kitchen and calm down. Or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.